0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every day for oh, just a short time, about 13 minutes or so. But in so doing, it keeps us in God's Word on a daily, consistent basis, and helps us to stay focused on a relationship with God, on our souls. And it helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. You know people in your life, probably within your own family, in fact, who need to change their focus in life, the direction of their life. They need to start thinking about their souls, about their relationship with God, about where their life is leading them eternally. Help them by sharing and help them, those in your family, those of your acquaintances, help everybody you can by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means. But make your commitment today to start sharing these studies with everybody you can. Your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, everybody you possibly can. You may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment And may God help you to start sharing these studies with everybody. We're going to get back into our line of thinking and study, asking the question, do you need a second touch of Jesus? Or do you know people who need a second touch of Jesus? Well, we've been talking about, and we've looked at many different scripture texts to this point in this particular line of thinking and study, talking about how we need to come to Jesus. And we not only need to come to him, but we need to stay with him. Remember that great invitation that we've been emphasizing over and over again, where Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The great invitation, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. We need to come to Jesus because coming to him is the way to salvation. Salvation is found only in him. Acts 4 and verse 12, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He is the only savior for mankind. The only one. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. John 14 and verse 6. But now coming to Jesus initially is just the first step. Well, we could say believing in him, but then believing enough to obey, to come to him through obedience. Jesus said in Hebrews 5 verses 8 and 9, I'm sorry, the Hebrews writer wrote of Jesus in Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 and 9, though he, that is Jesus, were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. To all who obey him. Now, obedience to Jesus and his teachings is not just an initial prospect, but it is one that is an ongoing lifestyle. We live obediently to him through his teachings. And so here's the warning from the Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter two in verse verse one. Therefore give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. Now, as I said, we've looked at a lot of scripture texts. The wise man wrote in Proverbs chapter four, verses 26 and 27, and boy, what great language he used there keep your eyes straight ahead keep your eyelids focused do not turn from the right uh, to the right or the left in other words stay on the right path the path of righteousness and godliness and faithfulness before god and before jesus you see the devil wants to get us off the path he wants to get us off in some direction away from god through sin and that sin separates us from god And the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, let's look a little more closely at this concept that's expressed in the question, do you need a second touch of Jesus? Many people have issued a statement similar to, you cannot legislate morality. In other words, you cannot make people be moral by laws. Now, that may sound rather intellectual, but it's really just a sophisticated sounding attempt by some people to maintain a license in their lives to continue doing whatever they want to do. And I so say, you can't, you can't legislate morality. <laughs> well, you cannot legislate morality. You have to make the choice yourself. They follow up by expressing, or at least thinking in their minds, do not make laws or rules or restrictions that prohibit me from doing what I want to do. And that can be all kinds of sexual immorality, adultery, fornication, prostitution, homosexuality, pedophilia. They want to be able to read whatever kind of literature they want to read. Pornography, sleazy books, magazines. They want to be able to watch on television or in the movies, whatever movies or whatever entertainment media they want to watch or listen to. That again could be pornography. Sitcoms filled with sexual innuendo. Movies that not long ago would have been rated X are now rated R or NC-17, and they're open for just about anybody. They want the legalization of various illegal drugs so that they can partake of whatever they want to partake of. And it comes back to that. You cannot legislate morality. Again, sophisticated-sounding statement that means I want to maintain a license to do whatever I want to do in my life and with my life. But laws, laws that are put into place by society are laws that considers the morality of that time. Laws are considered to be moral at the time they're instituted. Now, the truer statement than you cannot legislate morality would be you cannot legislate godly morality. Because, you see, while society implements, passes, put into pl- puts into place laws that they consider to be moral standards at the time they pass them, at the time they put them into place, societal morality is digressing. It is degrading all the time. And as morals slip farther into depravity, and boy, they are, on an ongoing basis, then society continues to downgrade what it considers to be morality. How sad that is. Practices that would never have been approved a short time ago are now legally sanctioned. Legally sanctioned by society. Here's the reality we need to come to need to come to understand, and then need to address, to change mankind. And all we have to do is just casually look around us and see all kinds of evil, wickedness, ungodliness, sinfulness, violence. But you see, if we want to change mankind, and people keep touting that's what they want to do, then we must change the character of men. And I'm using the word men generically there. I'm talking about all of humanity, male and female. If we want to change mankind, then we must change the character of men individually, one by one. To effect real change, you must change a person from the inside out one at a time not just make rules designed to control a person on the outside but that person needs to change from the inside out now let me give you a good rule of a good rule for for, uh, as an example have you ever been on a diet (laughs) most of us have haven't we a great many of us have been on a number of diets through our lives and if you have never been one of those, you'd probably be an exception. But you know people who have been on diets, haven't you? What happens with diets? They almost always fail to achieve lasting success, lasting change. Oh, an overeater may restrict himself as to what he eats and how he eats for a while, and he may lose weight, maybe considerable amount of weight. But that does not necessarily change who he is and what he is. And once off the diet, probably most of the time, the overeaters go back to their old practices and they regain the weight they lost, and maybe more on top of that. You see, he only changed on the outside. He restricted what he ate for a period of time in conformity with the diet, but he did not change from the inside out he was still in reality an overeater think about a shoplifter he goes into a store he sees video cameras posted two-way mirrors security guards walking the floor back and forth signs warning of prosecution for shoplifting now, that shoplifter is not going to steal anything in that store but that does not change what he is Those security measures simply did not change the character of the shoplifter. He's still a shoplifter looking for loot. Those measures just kept him from stealing in that store. He goes to another store where there's not as much security. He continues doing what he does because he has not changed from the inside out. He just refrained from stealing in that particular store. You see... What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, verses 3 through 5. The Apostle Paul put it this way If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You've been made new, you've been changed from the inside out. Some people change initially as they become a Christian. But then they drift away, like the Hebrews Hebrews writer warned against in Hebrews 2 and verse 1. And they need a second touch of Jesus. We'll look a little deeper into that principle next time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us a second chance. Help people come to you for that second chance. Help them come to you through Jesus. And those who have done that and then drifted away again, Help them, guide them to come back. We pray. Please be merciful with us, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.